What time is it? It's time for your daily dose of everyday life discussions from young Asian American leaders. It's Core O'Clock. Hi, I'm Jason. I'm Brandon. I'm Emmerich. And I'm Nicole. Alrighty, welcome to today's episode of It's Cora Clock. I'm your host, Brandon. And I'm your other host, Jason. Today, we'll be talking about something a lot of us have been through in our lives, imposter syndrome. Now, before we begin this episode, would our special guests like to introduce themselves? Hi, I'm Emmerich. Uh, I use he, him pronouns, and I am currently a music teacher for an elementary school. Um, a fun fact about me is that I actually don't like uh, nuke mum. So I don't like dip anything in nuke mum. I don't like, you know, I don't eat it with like goigung or like bum tit nung or whatever. So um, that's my fun fact. People think I'm not Vietnamese because <laughs> I don't like nuke mum, but, uh, but yeah, that's just my like own it? preference. I don't know. It's just, it's the taste. It's the smell. I don't, it's just, it's just not for me. <laughs> is it too, is it too fishy for you? Yeah. I also, yeah. Yeah. Because I also don't like like seafood. I just drench all my stuff in it, mom. Mm-hmm, <laughs> <laughs> well, hi, everybody. I'm Nicole. I go by she, her pronouns. I graduated from San Jose State University. And right now I work for the University of California, San Francisco as an analyst, research analyst. A fun fact about me is I prefer slightly melted ice cream over freshly scooped ice cream. <laughs> What? what? <laughs> That's so you enjoy like the softness of like yeah. The... Oh, okay. Okay, I see you. Okay, well, before we actually begin, I wanted to give a special shout out to our guests for taking the time to join us on this special episode. Thank you for being here and giving us the knowledge, wisdom, and experiences that you guys have been through with this topic. Alrighty, so obviously imposter syndrome is really a, you know, a really popular subject that has been going on for the past couple decades. And to begin this topic, I wanted to ask our special guests and everyone here, what is imposter syndrome to you guys? And off the top of my head, I know it's like when you're feeling like a scam <laughs> or like you feel like a scam because you have this role and it's like a big role and you're like how why like you feel like you don't deserve it or you feel like other people are going to be like wait you don't deserve this role or like something along those lines and you just feel like kind of insecure about where you are okay yeah I see that mm-hmm. yeah I agree with Nicole I I think of, of imposter syndrome as an extreme form of self-doubt. You know, we think of, you know, especially when we go into new positions or we're applying for new jobs and stuff, I find that it's like, oh, do, do I even have the experience that I need for this position? Um, you know, why am I surrounded by all of these amazing individuals, these talented, knowledgeable individuals? And I've, I'm here and I feel like, you know, crap, you know, I don't know as much as they do. I, I'm not ex- as experienced as they are. 
I don't have as much knowledge as they are, when in reality we do, you know, we have just that, just the same amount of experience or the same amount of knowledge. I just think it's, you know, all of that self-doubt that we have within ourselves. Yeah, that's basically the gist of it. Um, so basically, according to Concordia University, um, imposter syndrome is a psychological pattern that causes people to doubt their success, perceive themselves as terrible at things that they're really good at, and experience the unsettling fears of being exposed as an imposter. And obviously, there's other things that really like segue themselves into imposter syndrome, not just the psychological factor. Uh, we also have to look at the different intersectionalities that really go into it. Um, so obviously, we got to give credit to those who discovered this topic and discovered this um, idea in this whole imposter syndrome. And it actually goes out to psychologists Rose Clance and Suzanne Imes in 1978 when they actually did their study that focused on high achieving women. Um, this term was first coined as imposter phenomenon. And the study found out that regardless of high academics and professionalism background these women had, they felt like they were cheating. Uh, They're creating an imposter phenomenon, believing that they actually weren't smart and just tricked everyone to believing that they were. Um, the one thing that the study actually lacked when you actually look into it, like I said before, was the different intersections that it could, could infect, affect imposter syndrome, such as xenophobia, systemic racism, and more. So the question is, is that, you know, we look at it today, how does that affect the BIPOC and the Southeast Asian and Asian community? I think it's really interesting to look at it from, from a BIPOC or an even an Asian American perspective because, you know, as Asian Americans, we are often dealt with the model minority myth, right? That we are good at math, we're good at science, we're good at all of the kind of STEM related fields. And that puts us in a bubble because it's like, oh, well, you know, and when I go into a position that is STEM related or whatever, do I have enough care? Do I have enough of that qualification? Do I have enough experience? You know, everyone thinks I'm Asian. So everyone assumes that I know the most and that I, uh, I, I, did the best in college and that I did, you know, all of these sorts of things. They, they hold us, I feel like people hold us to a higher standard, which makes the imposter syndrome even more serious than, than, than it is perceived to be, right? Um, we put ourselves in this, in, this, in this kind of bubble of like, oh, because I'm Asian, because they all assume that uh, I'm Asian, that I need to be um, highly educated and highly intelligent and be more qualified in the field. Oh, super, super good points made. And definitely agree with that. Like, um, I would build on that, like that pressure is like puts us into like more of a perfectionist or like low self-esteem because you're like so insecure and you're like concerned that people are gonna like point you out for being here, but they're like, what do you mean? But you know, like you you earn that spot. However, like, yeah, I just want to like emphasize that stress because I did, when in undergrad, I was like exploring my paths and I was exploring the STEM path. And it was like, it was, I felt like a fraud a lot of the time. So I can resonate with that there. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, like as Asian Americans, relating back to the model minority, we really have this um, idea that because history shows that Asians have assimilated so quickly into America, that we are going to be good at everything that we do. And we're using as like a token minority. Everyone is, oh, look, if Asian people can do it, why can't like everyone else do it? You know, like stuff like that. And it really relates back to if you break down like all the data and everything, it you look at it, it's actually Southeast Asians are such as like people in Vietnam, Laos and all those areas are included in the Eastern Asian population where mostly Eastern Asians are the ones that are, are successing versus Southeast Asians are the ones that are not getting enough resources, not getting the help for them to be able to be on the same level as their East Asian counterparts. And that really leads into the whole like idea of imposter syndrome where they look at, they get grouped together and they're like, okay, well, you know, like obviously they say all Asians are the same. It makes me feel like I'm an imposter in my own like racial group. So with that, I mean, like as Asian Americans and young leaders, have you guys ever experienced like that imposter syndrome and if you have you know like what was it like how did how did it make you feel and everything um i guess i can go first <laughs> but uh i just remember like in elementary school um i basically probably didn't do the very best i could in elementary school I had like really low grades, like D's, F's, C's. And like, if I ever went home, like my parents would be like, oh, like, I can't believe like you did so bad. Like, why'd you do so bad? And then when I compare myself to like other like Asian students, I'm just like, wow. Like, I, like, I, I didn't want to be Asian because I'm just stuck with that stereotype that like, oh, Asians have to be smart. They have to be good at math, science, all that good stuff. But I just felt so different. And I'm just like, I didn't want to be a part of that community or to be Asian. You know, I definitely agree with that. Like me growing up in a really white eccentric like city, um, it really kind of only gave me a glimpse of what um, white people like go through and how they view Asian people. I could literally count the number of Asian people in my class within my like both of my hands. Like that's how many Asian people were in my group. And it was really hard to really connect with them just because, you know, it's like, there's only a group of us like, we only have so many things in common. Like, why is it that we're still held to such a high standard and everything? And then obviously I carried that through like my whole life. And then when I first got my first like full-time job, you know, I was excited and I started it, but then I started getting this idea that, you know, like, am I really like capable of doing this? Am I really able to handle the workload, be able to provide my ideas and my um, thoughts 
about how certain things should be ran and stuff like that. Even when I was in like leadership positions in like VSA and stuff like that, you know, like obviously I knew I had the skill set, but I felt like I wasn't qualified and that I was just, you know, cheating people and making them think that I did have the qualification. And that feeling really just messes with you, you know? It just really makes you feel like, okay, why? Like, why did I even do this if I feel like I'm not qualified? But in reality, it's like, like when Nicole said, you do have the qualifications because you earn that seat to be in that position. Yeah, definitely. I agree with Brandon. I, I just want to touch back on Nicole's, Nicole's comment about perfectionism, right? I feel like a part of the reason why, you know, we're stuck in this cycle is because we are expected by our parents to be perfect, right? That's why they always expect us to get A's, Y, B's, you know, A's, you know, same thing with with um, with jobs and, and salaries and everything. We always strive to be the best or Asian, you know, our, our parents raise us to strive for the best, to be the best, to be perfectionists. And I feel like that's plays such a heavy role in how we view these positions. You know, even for example, VSA leadership positions, right? Whether it be directors or, 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 um, or staff members, we always look and we're like, oh, do you think I'm, I'm am I really qualified for this? Am I? Um, do I have the experience? Do I have the skill sets for this? And then, you know, even after even after joining, when we get to the end of the project, it's also like, oh, I don't think we did that great. I think we could have done this better. I think we could have done that better. And while that is important to reflect on on the pros and deltas of a project, it also is negatively impacting us because we bring that baggage with us to the next project that we that we do as well. You know, so it's like, so I think. And processing them is a, is a never-ending cycle of us just constantly self-doubting uh, self-doubting ourselves. Um, I mean, I also have personal experiences with imposter syndrome. You know, I did my last year of my program online because of COVID, and so when um, when the country was opening back up and I had to go to in-person job interviews. I was like, oh shoot, do I have the experience I need for this job? You know, I spent my last year online. I don't know you know, I, I believe that I didn't know as much as all of these other people who have more experience than I do, you know, and I felt like I wasn't qualified, even though I made it to the interview round, you know, and so, you know, I was able to actually overcome it by giving myself verbal affirmations before the interview in my car. So I'd be in my car, I just parked, I'm like in my car, and I'm like, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I literally say it out loud. I have to like verbalize that affirmation to myself. Like I was like, I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm doing. I am qualified for this position. And then I would go in and, you know, and go through the interview process. But I think being able to actually like, and I, this is what people do, you know, um, people always try to encourage us to wake up in the morning, go to the mirror and give yourself, you know, daily love. And I think that's really important, you know, when you can hear it, when you can verbalize it, when you can, when you can actually um hear it, it 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 definitely helps you overcome that um that negative cycle yeah i definitely agree with you like obviously you know like you we're gonna give these negative thoughts when we're going into like a role and we're gonna feel like we have this imposter syndrome developing it's just like oh man like i actually don't think i actually deserve to be in this role do i have the qualifications but you know i definitely agree with you emmerich on the whole you know giving yourself that self-love and the affirmation because you truly 
you wouldn't have applied to the job if you didn't feel like you were qualified for it. So, you know, like I, same thing with me, I gave myself these affirmations. I always tell myself like, fake it till you make it. But, you know, I actually, once I actually make myself feel confident and I go into the interview and everything, all my knowledge spews out. And then that's when I know that I'm like, okay, like I know what I'm talking about. Like I know what I'm doing. And that's, you know, that's crazy. Cause sometimes you gotta like use reverse psychology and kind of just fake, you know, just tell yourself that you know it. And then your mind is gonna be like pulling all this information and you actually do know it. I really like that. I wanna like, there are, there are like definitely times that I still feel it now as well. and. I would like to mention like like what I did yesterday, I was on this live stream for you now. So we were talking about like um undoing punishment culture and like that was a really it was honestly pretty challenging for me and like a lot of the like those all even now, even though I have the role, sometimes I'm like, I am I equipped, really equipped to be here? And it's like very always on the back of my mind but I like remind myself like I chose to be in this position and even though it's like a challenge and I'm battling this imposter syndrome it's like it's helping me grow and overcoming those thoughts or like validating ourselves being like yeah I even though this is uncomfortable even though this is tough I'm learning I'm growing and it like helps reassure me yourself that like the steps you're doing and things you're doing they're stacking up your experience points so you your position and your role is like valid hopefully that makes sense yeah I definitely get where you're coming from Nicole um you know like I kind of want to touch back to how Emmerich and you brought up this whole perfection in these you know family ideals that are passed down to us they're kind of these heavy expectations that are held upon us and obviously you know there's a lot of like common characteristics with imposter syndromes and family and some of them are you know priority of being intelligent and being successful you know not only that but there's also a lack of positive reinforcement of you know you did well you did amazing it's more of you need to do better we need you to do better we don't want you to be in the same situation as us you know and stuff like that and then you know obviously we can talk about you know disparities between you know different families and you know the feedback of what we get from the outside world you know we have so many things that are the expectations from family now we have expectations from the outside world there's so much heavy weight on our shoulders as Asian Americans in the modern society. And I feel like, you know, as the new generation of Asian Americans that will be running America, we have the ability to break out of this vicious cycle. And, you know, I wanted to kind of tie in, I wanted to ask you guys, like, how did you guys, you know, Obviously, other than affirmations and stuff like that, um, how did you guys break that vicious cycle? So I think Brandon, I think Brandon, you're totally right about about the need for positive reinforcement, right? Because you know our parents didn't give us 
those positive affirmations when we were younger, it sticks with us even to this day, right? Even as we're adults, even when we're, you know, going into our career, um, which is why, you know, I feel like, I feel like um, affirmations is so important. Like we have to reaffirm ourselves that we are capable, that we are knowledgeable, that we can do it, you know? And other times I feel like on top of that, like I find that one of the, um, the, the tools to overcome it is to give yourself verbal affirmation. Another thing that I think is really useful is to actually like, for me, it's realizing and actually executing the things that we do very well, right? So look back to our history, to, to our own personal history, like, oh, I've done this before, then re remembering like, oh, I did this when, or I had this skill set when I was, you know, programming director, I did this when I was on camp staff, or I did this when I was in college, like, this is everything that I know how to do, it's just in a different context, right? And that's something that we tend to forget. We forget that even though this is a different leadership position or a different job, it still utilizes the same skill sets that we've been doing in other leadership positions just because they're not they're not identical to each other doesn't mean that those skill sets are not are no longer useful in your new job so i think that's something that that's really important for us to remember is that we know what we're doing we're just doing it in a different area or a different or in a different perspective i want to say i really really love the idea and what i well i used to journal a lot. I mean, I still kind of journal, but when I was in like really high, was it like really stressful roles, I would write a lot just to like have my thoughts spill out. And when I felt insecure about a role I was doing, I would reassure myself or write affirmations like, I did this before, like I do have the capacity, I do have the skills to be doing what I'm doing because I did this or that role in the past so that role and those skills carry on to what I'm doing now so I'm okay and like I am equipped and it's going to be all good and like when that comes up over and over again it like it's like self-validation also like a little while back I was doing like this guided meditation and she would take us through like self-affirmations and those would help so much so I would recommend those. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Same thing with Nicole. I feel like we always touch back on this idea of self-affirmation because there's no one for us to rely on. You know, I feel like it's a doggy dog world. It's survival of the That's fittest. True. Who can we rely on other than ourselves, which is why it's so important to reaffirm, to self-affirm our our capabilities because no one's going to do it for us except for ourselves you know and it's and I feel like in order for us to break out of that cycle we're already stuck in it you know we have to affirm ourselves but what we can do is help affirm others now right so now that we know what goes on we can start going to other people like you got this you know what to do you have what it takes and that's how we can break out of the cycle you know we can reaffirm ourselves but it's also our job to break that cycle by affirming others as well yeah, I can definitely agree with that because, you know, after holding like PSA positions and like trying to get into internship jobs, like I feel like when before my interview, Brandon was like, you got this, you can do it. And it's just like, you know, having that other support group that's around you and the people that you're surrounded with is so important to how you handle your future, like day-to-day -day task and like, trying to nail your internships or like future career goals because like 
for me personally, I didn't find my personal support group until maybe like two years ago. And I feel like these group of people have definitely given me more courage to like take on more roles or like just to like do better in my day-to-day -day lives, you know? And I feel like shout out to Brandon, you know? And like Emrick, I get a couple like pep talks from a couple of them a couple of times. While we're like on this whole like, you know, reaffirmation and just enforcing it and everything and just giving self-love and giving other people love, it's pretty crazy because when I joined VSA, obviously I met Nicole and Philip, like at SJSU VSA and, you know, just watching them be up there and just really representing themselves in the leadership position and then seeing them at Summit and everything. It was such inspirational, like watching them as leaders and, you know, it inspired me to want to become a leader myself in our organization. And then, you know, once we grew and then we went to UNASA and everything and I like met Emmerich and seeing him just really like put in all this work for like that festival programming director and everything. It inspired me even more to like want to gain this knowledge and actually pass it down and, you know, affirming others that they can do it too. It's pretty crazy with how, you know, like Jason said, with just being able to hear other people tell you that you're able to do it, it just subconsciously gives you this boost and gives you this idea like, you know, I really got this. Like, you know, like don't, like, I'm not going to let this negative thoughts and all these things, like, you know, tell me. And a pretty crazy thing that I read was that, you know, as humans, we start to overthink about so many things, about our qualifications, about our lives, about what people think. And a post that I read said that, you know, a psychologist a, said, you know, when you're thinking about these negative thoughts, ask yourself, who told you that? And then you're going to be like, well, no one told me. So why am I thinking about this? Why am I thinking these negative thoughts? So I feel like that's a great way to, you know, really help break that cycle that have been passed down from our parents about these crazy expectations and develop that imposter syndrome and really opening it to the future generations and helping them break that cycle. I love that. And I wanted to add like, um, when we're in these like VSA spaces, like something that I've learned to do more is like be vulnerable or like just like voice my like, like I am, like I was like really worried or really stressed or like I didn't feel like I'm adequate for this role and then when we can like resonate that with each other it's kind of like like letting that imposter syndrome kind of go a little bit and or like we kind of like make that imposter syndrome fade away a little bit more and we feel like more connected more more confident about ourselves and like when we reassure ourselves as well it's like making ourselves feel even better and like our connections even stronger and it's like self-esteem and community boost all at once. Yes, that sense of community is so important, especially within the VSA space. You know, I feel like 
because we're all together, you know, I mean, you three are from the NorCal region, I'm from SoCal region, but we're still able to meet up and connect and have these, these pep talks and be able to uplift each other. And I feel like that's what's really unique about the UVSA, UNAFSA space is because we're able to meet so many different people from different aspects of their life and different points of their life that we can all rally together and be like, you got this, you know how, you know what to do, you have exactly what it takes, you know? And I find that to be so special and so important to our daily lives that we can continue to uplift even the next people that are gonna be in our shoes, you know, when whenever we retire. <laughs> Is there ever such a thing as retirement? I know, right? <laughs> what is retirement? <laughs> no, I definitely agree with you. Community is one of the most important factors going into breaking that cycle of, you know, developing imposter syndrome. You know, it's never, you can never get rid of something, like 100% get rid of something. But what you can do is you can, you know, reduce it to the point where, you know, it doesn't happen so often you know like this could relate to anything in life you think about it you know can you really 100% get rid of something that has been created everything that we really have learned and everything and we have to unlearn from you know past history is hard but it's doable when you have that community when you have that group who's willing to you know like we always go back to reaffirming, like that affirmation that, you know, that I know I can do it. I know that I have the tools to do it. And going back to, you would never apply for this position if you didn't think you were qualified. So yeah, I mean, that's how I see it. And that's how breaking the cycle and helping others break the cycle. Community, that friendship, that, self-love the love you get from everyone it just people I feel like we don't understand how much how easy it is to just be nice to someone and to really just help people than to waste our energy and be mad and be angry and you know your feelings are still valid but if you think about it, you can put all of that energy into something more positive Yes, I agree. Snaps all around, Brandon. Oh my gosh, that's so good. Yes. And, you know, something that we all, we don't really consider is that, you know, imposter syndrome is, a, is, is so real, but in a sense, it's kind of like a trauma response, right? It's, it's us tr being triggered because we feel like we're incapable, we're unqualified, we're not able to do something. And, uh, you know, that goes back to the lack of positive reinforcement that we get as children, you know? So it's really hard to unlearn that type of trauma when, when we've spent our entire life thinking that we're not good enough. Now it's bleeding into our, into our professional or into our collegiate life, you know? So, you know, how can we undo all of that, all of that negativity? And so Brandon brought up a good point about just spreading positivity is the best way, honestly. Yes, obviously positivity is the best way to go. And, you know, this is, this was such a great talk, just having you guys here and just being able to, you know, just really be open and talk about our vulnerability and just how can we help the future generations and everything. And, you know, like, I'm really glad we had this talk, you know, like this podcast will definitely go out and people are going to 
hear it. They're going to understand what imposter syndrome is, like how does it affect Asian Americans in their daily lives? How are the people who are talking in this podcast, how did they, what are their experiences? How did they overcome it? And what's their advice? You know, so like before we end this officially, um, what's one advice that you would want to give to the people who are listening to this podcast right now? For me, it would be apply anyway, you know, whether it be a uh, like a like a general staff position, a committee member position, a director position, you know, just apply, you know, you whether you know it or not, you have the experience, you have what it takes, you have the knowledge and the skill set to um, to to do it. So, you know, I this is my verbal pep talk to you right now, whoever's listening, you can do it. You know exactly what to do. You have the knowledge, you have the skill set. So take that leap and apply anyways. You know, even if you don't think you have it, you have it. I love that so much. And I just wanna like thank you for putting that out there. Um, I think my tip would be like, be kind to yourself, but also like spread your kindness widely because it will go a long way as some as simple as like a I love your post I love your outfit I love that you went up there and shared your thought today or I'm so proud of you for doing that it's like really reassuring to them and then you feel good yourself and it's like a great tactic for community building and that way you're uplifting your community and everyone around you and it's just like spreading love so be kind and attend to yourself Yeah, I mean, one advice that I would give is obviously, I heard it from my own little, who's currently in New York, shout out Andy. Um, he told me that obviously, you know, it's easier to be nice than it is to be angry and mad or just resentment towards someone. And I feel like that's a really important thing going into solving this issue of imposter syndrome is being nice to others, but also being nice to yourself you know, getting that positive reinforcement, getting that positive reinforcement. And that's the one thing I would say is to just, you know, it's easier to spread positivity and be nice than it is to have resentment and hold on on a grudge. I think one would be on top of kindness is also to, you know, things get hard, but I think it's also good to take a step back and really like reevaluate where you are and just go from there. Like maybe sometimes finding like that mentor is something that you might want to find because for me, that mentor, all these Brandon, Nicole, Emmerich, they may not know it, but they, they are mentors to me because they have somehow shaped who I am now and have help me like break through my own barriers even now. And imposter syndrome is something that I'm slowly trying to improve upon. But I think that like, if you work on it every day, self-affirmation, self-love and your support group, I think that you'll be just fine. Agreed. So I want to give another thank you once again to our special guests for really coming out and being vulnerable with us. We appreciate it so much. 
and you know you can find all the um, references and everything in our link and yeah thank you so much yes thanks for having us yes thank you so much for joining us on this episode of let's talk about imposter syndrome and as you all know, see you next time for your daily dose of everyday life discussions of young Asian American leaders.